It is time to show up. It is time to be your full, authentic, anointed, gracious, powerful, bold self. We live in a day and time now where you cannot afford to be a woman of God, a believer in the faith, and not know who you are. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wise Women Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Brienne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring godly wisdom to your world. It's Wednesday, so you already know what that means. It is time to wise up. Let's talk wise, be wise, so that we can live wise. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wise Women Podcast, where we were wild from all walks of life. Today's wisdom is not only coming from yours truly, Jennifer Rianne, but it's also coming from the one and only Chad Harms. I have brought him on the podcast to expound on his sermon series called You Matter. We all know that fundamentally it's so important that we understand our identities in Christ and that we understand not only how we matter, but more deeply why we matter. So I wanted him to really elaborate on that. And I'll give him um, a little bit uh, just to introduce himself to you guys, to share more about him. But basically, he's a high energy pastor that loves Jesus, loves his wife and his German shepherd. He has two kids and he is just out here doing the things that the kingdom needs to see us grow and advance um, God's purpose. So Chad, tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do and um, about your sermon series well first of all i'd like to say that i i like my german shepherd okay uh, i love <laughs> the rest of those things that you said but the german shepherd's just okay uh i've been uh pastoring for 17 years uh, about five or six of those i was in various roles at our church uh i've been the lead pastor for uh, uh 10 or 11 years now and i um you know, I, I've been at the same church for a very long time, which I think has been really beneficial to, you know, me and my family and all of those things. And so it's been a good ride. Uh, recently, I started making a podcast called Testimony, which kind of creatively tells the story of how and why people became Christians. And I've especially uh, focused on telling the story of how uh, Christians with influence, I'd say Christian influencers, but then we think of like Instagram influencers, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's not what I mean. You know, I, we have people like uh, our next episode is with the head of Western Seminary, which is out here in Oregon and uh, have a pastor I'm going to do. I did the professor who's a internationally known streetball basketball player. And so uh, that's kind of a little bit about what I do. That's amazing. That's amazing. So we're just really happy that not only are you con- fulfilling kingdom purpose and you're doing what God has called you to do, but that many people are blessed as you are continuing to branch your efforts. I mean, kudos to you for pastoring that long first, because that is just um, a phenomenal gift to the body of Christ to lead the sheep. I mean, we need pastors. We need all of the fivefold ministry, but especially right now as the world is hurting and mourning with a lot of questions and um, wanting more of God. So we, we need your leadership. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of the body of Christ as, as I'm a representative, right? So, <laughs> but I'm taking it on to say thank you because I think that that's important. And, and because because we don't always understand, you know, what it means to lead God's people. I, I know we read about it in the Bible. We're fascinated by, you know, pastors, pastors that have like large platforms and the ones that we know more intimately. But just the weight of that anointing and the 
the appointment in of itself lets us know that God thinks that you're worthy of the call. So just thank you for fulfilling it. Um, I know that I've said that, but I really do truly mean it. Saying that to I say, that. absolutely, absolutely. So let's get into the content today. You taught or are teaching a sermon series called You Matter. Can you tell the audience today what that series is about? And can you tell us what it really means yeah, so I actually preached this series many years ago, but it, it seems to be something that keeps uh, keeps having some traction. I've been able to uh, preach it, parts of it anyway, um, at you know multiple churches, and uh, I did it at a, a college uh, retreat, um, collegiate ministry thing I spoke at last year, and uh, at chapels for uh, a local school uh, here in our town. Uh, and the series, you know, it came out of this place where where it just felt like people didn't understand their value. And as I look in scripture and I'm, you know, I'm sure hopefully most in the that are listening kind of know this intuitively if they're Christians, but biblically God places a really high value on people. But I think that while Christians often know uh, they matter, they don't really know the reasons biblically that they matter. And so in this series I did, I tried to unpack those reasons. It was a four-week series, uh, and I I tried to uh, catch kind of the big reasons that we can know that we matter and are important, really, when it uh, comes to scripture and what scripture says. And so uh, I don't know, do you want me to unpack those now? Yes, yes, please do. Tell us more. So uh, if you go to the very beginning of the Bible, right, and this is maybe the one that people, uh, the first and the last, I think people kind of understand if they are Christians, but in Genesis 1, it, it talks about how we were created and just inherently we matter because we were created in the image of God. But there's other things in Genesis 1 that maybe people don't think about as much. And like in verse 26, uh, it talks about how we were created to rule over the animals, which is actually connected to, a lot of people would say, the way that we were created in the image of God. And so there's there's a few different theories, uh, substantive and relational and functional But I think that verse 26 makes it functional. And so when you look at that passage, what you kind of see is that we're created to rule over the animals. But I think that is just the beginning, really. And really, it suggests that we were created to and I'm going to I'm going to use the Bible project. If you know the Bible project, I think these are their words. We will we were created to move the human project forward. And so God really invites us. Mm-hmm. into his creative work uh, and we all have a role to play in moving this this creation thing forward and so we matter because of that and even the language of that that chapter i think it we know we're created in god's image but then we we fail to see some of the the nuances such as uh it, you know we we know that god says his creation was was good mm-hmm. that's famous in Christian circles, I think. But uh, he actually says that after creating animals, but then he creates people. And at the end of that chapter, he speaks about his creation again, and he says it's very good. And I would say that that 
we are the very in God's very good creation. The, the creation was good before we we uh, you know before we were created, but but it made we made the creation very good. And, and there's even a word in there about uh, that the it's like a it says bless. That's how it's translated. Uh, but the word like has the idea of like being knighted or commissioned for something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important idea because uh, as I've joked in these sermons, like if I was knighted, you know, I don't make, I don't ask people to call me pastor. Nobody's ever called me mister. Uh, I couldn't care less if my kids call me dad, even like if they call me Chad. But if I was knighted, I would, I would pretty much make everybody call me Sir Harms. Like that would be the way I would go with things. And so th- there's something in that idea that we've been, you know, we've been commissioned for a role that tells us about our value and, and how much we matter. So then you go to Psalm 139, uh, and this is kind of the, the passage that often is brought up when it, when it comes to abortion. Uh, but uh, there is, you know, so much more in it that I think we kind of miss. Uh, you know, people say, well, you know, this, this supports the idea that even in the womb, we were valuable. And, and, and I think that's really an important idea. But then again, you don't we don't pay attention to the details of it. And, and so therefore, we don't see how much we matter. And, and it, it talks about God uh, knitting us together. And there's a word there about uh, that, that really is about like knitting different colors of fabric together. And uh, when I preach this series, I, I bring out this basket that used to just hold fruit for us. And, and we just, I mean, we didn't care about it all. It was like in our pantry and it seemed unimportant. I think it was a gift from somebody. And then one day my wife told me that it was handmade. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. And all of a sudden it's like something I wanted to have out on the counter, you know? And that's the word that, that's kind of the word that God uses for describing how we were made. And so, you know, I think it's important, like in creation we're important, but then in Psalm 139, this is David talking about how we as individuals have been knitted together, like we've mm-hmm. been handmade. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big idea, you know, the famous line, fearfully and wonderfully made. And and even out of that, uh, David, he praises God right there in verse 14, and I think of how knowing that we matter really should drive praise and not praise of ourselves, but praise of of God. Uh, and then in verses 15 and 16, it's really easy for me to understand as a parent in Psalm 139, it talks about how God pays attention to us. That's kind of my paraphrase. Uh, but I think about that through the lens of my own children. I have a, a four-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. And I, I think about how great it is to see them when they don't know I'm watching them. So like if I show up to pick them up at school early and they're at recess, like I I really want to see what they're doing and who mm-hmm. they're playing with and, you know, all of those things. And the language in Psalm 139 is like God pays attention to us like that. It says he did that while we were still in the womb, but it, he's always done it and he does it wherever we go. And to me, like the idea of being paid attention to is really, really important. And so, uh, so then you go to Matthew 12 and Jesus says we're more valuable than the animals. And I feel like maybe I've talked too long without letting you ask any questions, but, uh, you are, I'm letting you roll. I, I'm, I'm taking note. I'm letting you roll because this is good because, you know, people listening may not have 
had this understanding of being able to walk through the scripture on how uh, they matter. You know, when we're, what you're doing is, especially since you started from the beginning, literally in Genesis, you're building that foundation saying, okay, before the beginning of time, before God even orchestrated everything, he started with all of us. So let's get the bigger picture of the grander purpose. And then you started to the individual. So I'm interested to know where you're going in Matthew, because now that we have, you know, a great theological scape, like, okay, let me tell you how God is focusing on you. So we jump into, um, I formed you and knitted you in your mother's room. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. You know, so like you said, you know, the scripture tells about being good to very good. And now we're specifically on the scene talking about our own distinct identity. And we're talking about how now we're wonderful. So the upgrades here are amazing first. (laughs) And then second, I think people need to pay attention to that. Like you said, because what I was thinking when you talked about Psalm 139 is I always teach ladies about it being a crucifix for their self-esteem. But that is because it's specific. Like you said, it's the parent paying attention to you. It's That's when relationship with God and you mattering to him and to his purpose gets personal. And I think that a lot of people miss that. I mean, you've highlighted it so clearly. But a lot of people, like you said, they want to relegate it to an issue or a political party. But really, this is between you and God. Psalm Psalm 139, when David was discussing that exchange from his soul, he was showing us the level of love that God has for us and also the level of uniqueness that nobody can be so intricately involved in every detail of your life, whether you know I'm paying attention or not, I was there and I am here. And as you said, no matter where you go in your life or what you do, God is there. And you're not just doing that for anybody. You're not just doing that because, you know, that person has no value. And I think, and I'm glad that you use that word value specifically, because I think that that is what the enemy tries to blind us from and rob us of having or believing that we already possess. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost enjoying the teaching as if I'm an audience member. So you just, Hey, I will ask some questions, but you keep going. What, what are your points around Matthew? Great. Well, since you brought up how we can feel like we don't have value, I should, I'll just back up to Psalm 139 for a second. It's actually, you know, those verses we know come midway through the uh, chapter and it's actually a chapter that we don't know why David wrote it specifically, but uh, it seems like he's being falsely accused of something. And since I know you have young women and, and uh, you know, even probably some girls that maybe, you know, we wouldn't classify as as young women yet uh, listening, I would say that I think that being falsely accused is one of the things that can make us feel devalued the most. Mm -hmm. And so David writes that in a situation that that all of us can, we we don't know exactly, but but we can at least connect with that idea Mm -hmm. of of people saying things about us that are untrue and hurtful. And that's mm-hmm. when that's written. So in Matthew 12, um, it's, it's a story about Jesus healing on the Sabbath. And it, it really what happens there is the religious leaders, they want to use this guy uh, who needs healing almost as a point of arguing, right? And like, they're going to, you know, be mad at Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. And Jesus says this incredible thing that people are more valuable than sheep. Uh, and, and there's a couple of things there. First, I think we have a tendency in our society today to make certain types of people. Uh, we make, we make 
them about the argument more than we remember their value. And so, and Christians can be really guilty of that, right? Like, you know, I, 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 we can talk about, we can talk about people, we'll just say on, on the other side of the political aisle, uh, we can talk about people, uh, homosexuals, we can talk about transgender people, and we talk about them as if they're unimportant and the issue that they are the center of is what's more important than the person. And that's kind of what's happening in Matthew 12. It's like this, you know, guy that needs healed and, and all those, I mean, all those issues, you know, they can, they're important to discuss. That said, we should never look at people as a point of argument over and above people who have been created in the image of God and fearfully and wonderfully made. And so Absolutely. in the midst of this, you know, moment where they, they'd like to catch Jesus, I'm sure he, he says, these people are more valuable than sheep. And, and it's funny because we almost don't act like people are more important than animals today. I mean, people mm-hmm. almost love dogs more. And uh, the Bible actually places a really high view on animals, but it's a much lower view than of humans absolutely that's so important like talks about how i mean there's like you know statements about good people in the old testament i can't remember where you know taking care of their animals and uh, it's like a description of somebody who's who's you know living a good life in some ways uh talks about in matthew 6 jesus feeding the birds matthew 10 has the eyes on his on the sparrow uh verse that's you know made famous by the psalm uh, and so there's a high value on on how God views animals, but then Jesus says we're more valuable than than sheep, and he heals the man. If you read it in Mark, it's a moment where Jesus is really emotional, and I actually think I can't remember this off the top of my head, but I actually think it might be when you parse out the Greek, the only place where it records Jesus being angry is that these people are devaluing this guy. And so you look, Matthew 12, you know, I I use that as a jumping off point because if you look at Scripture, the New Testament and the Gospel specifically, it's probably the easiest story to find is a story of Jesus healing somebody that because of of their health problems, uh, because of their sin, because of their race, uh, because of, you know, their... um, well, I guess it'd be race for Romans too in their world, but their nationality, like Jesus healing these people that the people around him have devalued. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important because I do think we uh, do this for others, but we can do it in ourselves too. We place different values on ourselves and others based on on kind of, you know, certain criteria, right? Like, their money, their looks, their success, you know, all of these different things. And and I think that story in Matthew 12 represents this idea in Jesus' life that no matter, you know, how much the world devalued a person, he still placed a great value on them and went out of his way to hang out with them uh, and then often to just heal them of whatever they were dealing with. I think of the woman who, who was bleeding for 12 years, I believe, and mm-hmm. You know, that story is incredible to me because she she couldn't even, like, be with people. She she couldn't sit on furniture, I've read, because of uh, her health issues. 
couldn't cook food for her family. And, and as a woman in that culture, like everything that would have given her value in the culture, she didn't have in her life. And yet Jesus calls her daughter. I mean, how much more value can you place on a person as a dad of a girl, a little girl, right? Like there's not a lot of things he could have said that showed more value than that. And so, oh, that makes me emotional. Um, And he, he shows her her value. And so Jesus places like anybody can go, well, you know, somebody else is fearfully and wonderfully made, but I'm not. And the life of Jesus shows that you are, no matter what sins you've committed, no matter, you know, how you don't feel like you stack up compared to everybody else. And then, uh, and then I, I preach on Romans five in this series. And, and, and this is the one people probably could see coming the most, but it talks about God's love being poured into our hearts and how Paul boasts in the hope of glory. And I think that's an interesting idea because we usually boast about the things that we think give us value. And, you know, like whatever we're good at, you know, whatever people have kind of said that, they think gives us value in the world, but Paul really hopes in what Jesus has done for him and uh, how that's going to play out uh, in eternity, really. And then he goes on to describe how there's all these words. We're powerless, we're ungodly, we're still sinners, and we're enemies of God. And in that state, Jesus valued us enough to die for us. Uh, He poured out his love into us, which then you know, fills us, I think, uh, with really an understanding of our, our worth. And so if somebody looked at all that other stuff and said, I still don't believe you, uh, and maybe this is so cliche and so, you know, pastoral, but like Jesus' death and the fact that he died for us when we did nothing to earn it, uh, that is, is the greatest, the greatest uh, statement about how much we truly matter. And, and I know there's people who just feel like, like I've done too much. Like maybe like people are like, Hey, I don't have enough of, you know, good looking money, success, all those things. And, but, and Matthew 12 speaks to that. But then in Romans five, it's like, well, I've done too many things wrong. I've messed up too many times. I've broken, you know, trust and I've sinned and all of those things. And, and Romans five says, even in that state, you still matter to God. So that's my long answer to your question. Uh, it's longer in sermon form, but I hope that that summarized it pretty well. I think it did. I think it did. And ladies, if you need any additional information, I will be putting a link to the You Matter sermon series in the description box on your listening platform. So if you're saying, oh, I really want to hear him talk more about Psalm or I really want to hear him go more into detail about this part of what he said, I'm pretty sure that you can access the sermon series and is from Creekside Bible and you can get what you need from that. But we just wanted to keep it as condensed and as open as possible so that you guys could gain something uh, from what he has to say, because there is so much to unpack. There is one thing that I do want to unpack about what you said relative to kind of your New Testament revelation around our value in Christ. And one thing that he said was, is that Paul boasted in who God created him when he was speaking. I I imagine, you know, the glory of God and the power of God being the boasting power that we have as Christians on this side of the cross. And so as it relates to us being able to boast in who God made us, we can also boast in who God created us to be and how he created us to be, because that is our value in the kingdom. Again, something else that he said, you know, in the world, the things that 
our uh, value points or things that make us worthy or famous or important typically are superficial and typically don't last. What is that? The amount of likes we get on our selfies, uh, the socioeconomic status we can attain, especially if we came from nothing and got to something. If we put ourselves up by our bootstraps, if we have a very important political role, you know, so there are a lot of different things that make us important in the world and depending on what world you live in. But what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, to gain all the likes, to gain all the love and to lose his soul? And I believe a little bit of that soul losing isn't just talking about what happens on the other side of the death slash sleep experience. But I also think that that you lose a part of what you could gain in God by valuing yourself and value and basing your identity on your value in Christ. So that I believe I think is a really good kind of nutshell sum up connecting to what he said but do pay attention to what he said about uh the woman with the issue of blood do not overlook that fact because she was very important to god in the midst of not being able to be important to everyone around her culturally and even to her own identity in even in that god still saw her fit not only for healing but for a life that was planned for prosperity and good health even as her soul prospered so you want to make sure that you're not overlooking her because i guarantee you may not have a blood issue but you may have another issue and you need to find god's value in that and so that that that's my only thought and my only spill around uh, you know those points around what he said but he said so much i mean you might need to go back to the, what he just said and uh, take your notebook out and rewrite some notes and i'll put a couple of notes in the uh and again in the description box on your listening platform as well um pastor chad mr chad i don't know which chad you want to be right now <laughs> podcaster chad, chad. <laughs> okay is there any lasting remarks that you want to leave us with i mean you've you've really hit on a lot of heavy subject in a short amount of time you did such a excellent job at doing that is there anything else that you would like to uh wrap up for us yeah sure uh i, I we talked a little off air about like what do i practically do if mm-hmm. i'm not feeling this value and so I would say first become a Christian uh, if you're not one. Uh, and then I would say, you know, look at these passages and, and read the Bible and and think about your worth. But then I would go all the way back as you do that and think about that Genesis 1 passage. And, and I would just say that it's really important that people, uh, young women, young men, everybody, uh, that they think about how God has actually created them with a job to do and moving this creative thing forward that, that we call earth, right? And as a Christian now, we are not only you know created for that purpose, but we've been uh, in a new way equipped and gifted for some of that purpose. And I think what happens is that people get stuck not doing the job that God has made them to do. And it can make them feel, uh, it can make them feel less valuable than they truly are. And so I would say like, just practically, if you're, if you're struggling to feel your worth, then you're already a Christian and you're investing in, in, you know, looking at the word of God, like find a way to move God's creative work forward. And so it it can be as small as thing. I mean, like go volunteer at a, at a place that's, feeding those who don't have enough food or uh, go to a, 
a dog shelter and help out there or, you know, find another person that needs encouragement and, uh, and encourage them in some way. But I do think when we are not actively doing what God has made us to do, then we begin to feel less, uh, less like we matter. And I, the way I, I describe this is, uh, video games. And I, I like video games. Some people have called, uh, my, my, uh, I feel like my first sermon in this series is like the anti-Minecraft sermon series. (laughs) People are turning to video games often just to to feel like they're moving something forward. And Minecraft, I don't know if you know the video game, you build stuff and you you try to create a world and all of that. And that's actually what we've been created to do in in the real world. And, And when people just get stuck looking at a computer and trying to get likes, like you said, uh, and they're not doing what they've been created to do, then it's going to be hard to feel our value. So to all your young women that are listening, like find a way to move God's creation forward. And I think you'll begin to feel the value that you have, even apart from doing it, but you'll feel that value more. So that's how I would, uh, that's the last thing I'd say. I'd absolutely, if I could insert a um, applause on a mic drop so that everybody could hear and feel the magnitude of that statement, because I think that is the answer that so many women needed stated plainly for them, that that's the actionable step to find a way to move the human project according to God's purpose forward. And don't complicate it. It doesn't have to be the six step formula. It doesn't have to be this big grandiose thing. It could be serving your neighbor. It could be serving your home. As he said, you could find a shelter, you know, uh, there's, Hey, there's homeless and poor people everywhere. Okay. So there's never an excuse. There's, there's normally litter everywhere. There's always something to do. So just, get started somewhere. Get started today. Commit to saying one word of encouragement or doing one thing, whether in a digital space or in um, your wor- the world around you. So Chad, we've thoroughly enjoyed your wisdom and your impact um, and then all what you've done through this sermon series. So ladies, please check out the, um, the show notes and so that you can learn more about what he's doing. He also has a podcast called Testimony, right? Yeah. Right. So he has a test. I'm sorry. He he does have a testimony, but he also has a podcast <laughs> called Testimony. So go ahead and check that out as well and connect with him so that you can continue to receive this encouragement. We just want to say thank you. We love you guys. And until next time, peace, love and hair grease. Thank you for tuning into Wise Women Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating and a review. Hit the show notes to share with a friend and go over what we discussed today. As always, proceeds from this podcast go directly to support the mission of Penn's Prison. Don't miss out as there's two ways to be a part, writing and contributing. Now go forth and employ the wisdom that you gained today. Have an awesome week.